0: Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomerschurch/podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church/podcast. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen, You may be seated in the name of the Lord, fighting for favor. If I can draw your attention, To the verses I just read, verses 18 and 19, I think they're familiar passages of Scripture where Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent me to, to make sure that the recovery of the sight to the blind happens, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim The acceptable year of the Lord to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor I don't know how familiar you are with scripture I would assume that you have looked at the Bible some but in this particular passage what we are looking at is the beginning of the earthly ministry of Jesus this is the start this is Jesus Starting his ministry. This is Jesus starting his church. If if, if we, if we put it in church terms, this is First Sunday. This is Jesus about to get. His ministry started. This is Jesus coming out of the wilderness. Jesus being baptized. The Holy Spirit coming on him. He goes into the wilderness. He fasts. He is tempted by the devil. And the Bible says he comes out of the wilderness full of power. And in the moment full of power, in the moment in the beginning, when he's about to start his earthly ministry, he goes home. He goes to Nazareth. He goes to his hometown, and he goes to church. About to start an earthly ministry. That's all over the place, but he starts it by going to church. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, which was his custom, meaning that he had a practice of some consistency. He had a practice of some church going. He had a practice of some things he did that had to do with the church. Even though he has a relationship with the Father, he still had some church stuff he did. So he goes to church as his custom, and they hand him, The Bible, they hand him Isaiah and he reads from Isaiah and he is about to start his ministry. He says very boldly, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And I think, it's, I, think it's a, it, I think it's an interesting thing to look at. And it's an interesting thing to examine. And it's an interesting thing for us to ask ourselves about. Because the start of a thing, and I'll throw this on the screens for you. The start of a thing or the seed of a thing declares the intent of a thing. The start of a thing or the seed of a thing declares the intent of a thing. So if we, if we want to know what the intent of a thing was, we got to go back and look at what the seed was that was planted. I think it's an important thing to examine to look at what Jesus is saying in the very beginning of his ministry because it is very possible for the use of a thing to cloud the intent of a thing. It's very possible for you to get to a place where you can use a thing in a way that is separate from what its original intent was. For example, I don't think I've lost you, but if you're thinking with me this morning, for example, this is my shirt. This is a hanger that's on this shirt. Okay? That's what this is. What's holding that shirt up is this hanger right here. But... There have been times when I have used this for an intent other than its original intention. When I was a freshman in high school, I broke my leg playing football and I was in a cast from my toe to my hip. If you've ever been in a cast, see back in the day they used to put you in a cast. Now you got all these little braces, but they put me in a plaster cast. They put me in a fiberglass cast. I was in a cast. I broke the biggest bone in my body, this bone right here, and I was in a cast from my hip to my toe, and my leg itched, and I couldn't scratch inside, and so I... Undid a hanger, and I used the hanger to slide down inside of there, and I would scratch all down inside the cast, and I began to use this thing other than for its original purpose. Once I undid it and realized how flexible it was, and once I used it to scratch my leg, I started to use it for all kinds of stuff. I had a hoopty. Oh, I needed somebody to talk to me. I had a hoopty when I was in my early 20s. A hoopty is a car that you have paid for. A hoopty is a car that gets you from A to B. You don't enjoy riding a hoopty. You don't wash a hoopty, you don't wax a hoopty, something might fall off. You don't play your music too loud in a hoopty because you need to hear if something's going wrong with the engine at any time. You carry oil in the trunk of your hoop. Somebody better talk to me because you need to add oil about as much as when you add gas. And my my catalytic converter and the manifold under there was falling and slipping and dragging and I got down under there on the ground and I took this, I looped that thing around and I was under there and I looped it and looped it and looped it and when I got done, this wasn't just a coat hanger. This was a manifold Muffler clamp. (laughs) What it was originally intended for was very different than my use of it. I want you to think for just a second. It's absolutely possible for you to be so caught up in the use of a thing that you realize that its original intent wasn't even right. Right now, there's all kinds of questions around what was the original intent of a thing versus its practical application and use in this moment. It's a question that's being asked about the educational system. Is the education of your children really in the best interest of your children? Or is it that we've gotten so used to the practical use of having our children somewhere during the day so that we can work and do what we need to do that, the, that now the original intent of education may have gotten lost in our practical use of education. And then it's absolutely possible for your practical use of a thing to mask an evil intent of a thing. It's actually possible for you to do a bit of analysis and find out that the original intent of something like education wasn't necessarily meant to create free thinkers. It was created to make drone workers and people that will sit still and people will do the same thing all of the time. And so now you have to ask yourself, what was the intent of it, not just its use? I'll take it a step further. I think, I believe that it's absolutely possible for this struggle to definitely happen when it comes to this. Because it is possible for the practical application of truth to trump the original intent of truth. It's possible to be so caught up in our traditional cultural practice of religion that we miss the original intent of the scripture we're almost more caught up in some and especially today in which we're living in a time in which one culture got a hold of the scripture and began to interpret that scripture's use to their benefit more than everybody else's because it's almost just natural for you to start to figure out what you can use this for, and you wanna use it for something that benefits you. It's just a natural thing to do. So if you're looking for slave scriptures, you can find them, and so now you can use this to apply this to benefit you. If you're looking for men's scriptures, then you can find it. If you're looking for sex, if you're looking for something, you can find it if you are okay with the practical application of this being different than its original intent. I need a witness in the building. I'm not trying to, I'm not thinking, am I, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And so very often I was just asked a question in the back. You know, they ask me questions and they fill me. And I was asked, is there any doctrine that I, that I used to preach that I no longer preach or that I no longer believe in? And I said, it's not that I don't believe in the doctrine anymore. It's just that I have seen the practical application of that doctrine be used to hurt people more than to help people. I need a witness in the bill. As a matter of fact, I saw the practical application of it benefit a higher group more than it benefited the masses. And I think that right now we're at a point today, not just in the church, not ju- but in our world, in our, in our political world, And at some point we will have to ask ourselves the laws, the rules, the medicine, the, the all of it, who is really being benefited by the way that everything is being run right now? I know i got to preach the gospel but who really benefits from the mortgage who really benefits from the corporate who really benefits from the interest rate who really benefits by this if it's not the people then who benefits and what was the original intent of the thought and not just its practical use or it's practical application, but it's possible to be so caught up in the practical application of it and its accepted use that you lose sight of the original intent of it. We can be so caught up in this that we forget that the original intent was this. And it can become so twisted and so changed that we don't even know what this looks like no more. Now all we know is this. I wish I had a winner. We started with a triangle and now we got a circle. And if I try to tell everybody it was supposed to be a triangle, people get mad at me because they used to be in it It being a circle. And they preached that it was a circle. And they hooped that it was a circle and they planned and it was a circle and now we all think it's a circle but maybe what god made wasn't a circle it was a triangle i'm gonna make somebody say something to me about that in essence I'm, i'm gonna move on i'm gonna move on but in essence it's the birth of the protestant church because the protestant church It's protesting against the practical application of eternal truth by the roman catholic church the way that the roman catholic church decided to practice application was protested by a group because they didn't have issue necessarily with the thought itself they had an issue with the way that it was being applied to practice are you with me you all, all of us at every level at every moment have to be careful that we do not fall prey to a group's decision to make us apply a truth in a way in which it was not originally created all right i think you you're with me all right and so i want to know The intent of God. That's what I want to know. I want to know what God intended. I want to know what God intended for you. I want to know what God intended for me. I'm not necessarily interested in what a man tells me that God has intended for me. I'm not necessarily interested in what a society or a culture or a group tells me was the original intent for me. I want to know, well, what does God want? Can I tell you why I want to know what God wants? Because what God wants, God going to make happen. Hallelujah. And the reason why I come to church is because I'm looking past what they say, and I'm looking past the circumstances, and I'm looking past the limits, and I'm saying, well, Lord, what is on your heart? What do you want to do? Because I realize that if you want it to happen, God, you will empower it. And I want to have confidence in him, and I want to know that what I ask for will take place, but I got to get down to what he originally intended. Because if God is behind you, it don't really matter what anybody has to say. Can I just say that to over you and over me? If God be for you, I don't know who heard this. Maybe your grandmama said this. I don't know. But if God be for you, then who can be against you? You can spend a lot of time as a believer fussing about who don't like you it's a natural thing because we're a communal species and so we want to be accepted by the group and we want to be accepted by the crowd but I'm impressed by the people who step outside of the crowd's norms step outside of what everybody else does, steps outside of what everybody's able to do and is somehow able to tap into a power that enables them to do something that they would not normally do I don't know if you're a this, But when you're this kind of person, there are people who like you and people that don't like you. If you do something different, some people like it and some people don't. Because you're showing up that they could have done it if they had been willing to do it different. But it's possible to be so caught up in your generational religious application of a concept that you lose the real power of it. All right, I'm down a bunny trail. I'm down a bunny trail. Let me get back to my point. My point is, is that Jesus shows up and Jesus says, All right, all right, listen, about to start my ministry here. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he has anointed me, meaning that I'm not just standing here in my own power. I'm not just standing here in my own strength. I'm not standing here in my own might. I have sought the anointing of God so that I can fulfill the intent of God. Hard to be anointed by God to be about something that's not the intent of God. So he's saying, listen, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me so that I can get us to what God wants us to have, what the original plan of God is, and he comes and declares favor. The acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he declares. The acceptable year of the Lord. Favor. In other words, and I'll put it on the screens, that God has decided to accept everyone. I'm just going to let that sit for just a second because I know that this is very counter to our perspective in which we have been taught that God is about selecting a special group. But Jesus is saying that God has decided to accept everybody. He has sent me to declare that there is a time now in which God's favor will be available now is the time of God's favor now is the day of salvation today's the day and Jesus gives us a really quick definition of favor to him in case we're curious about what Jesus means about favor Jesus says let me tell you what I mean he has sent me here number one to proclaim good news to the poor Good news to the poor, and and the poor. That word "poor" there means people reduced to begging. It means people devoid of wealth. It means people powerless to accomplish an end. So Jesus says, this, "I'm here." To get us back on track. And the first thing I got to do is I got to have a conversation and give good news to everybody who finds themselves in a begging situation. Finds themselves devoid of wealth. I don't know where my amens went. Found themselves devoid of wealth. Devoid of something that you will still have even if you're not working. If all you have is stuff you have to work for, then that's riches, but that's not wealth. Wealth is something that even if you stop working, you still have it. Wealth is something that if your source stops, your wealth will still keep on giving you. Wealth is different than money. Because money requires a certain amount of faith. Whereas wealth is what it's worth. Wealth is wealth. And so the idea is that Jesus is saying if you are devoid of wealth, I got good news for you. If you are devoid of wealth, I got some good news for you. The good news for you is not a church service. What's good news to somebody that's begging? What's good news to somebody that's devoid of wealth? What's good news to people who feel powerless to accomplish an end? The good news is God is fighting for you. God is on your side. The good news is that God is not happy with you being broke. I'm going to speak that to you. The, the, The truth is that God is not happy with you being terrified that you'll lose your check. That's not a good idea to God. If you're in that situation, that is not the original intent of God. So much so that Jesus feels he needs to correct it in the beginning of his ministry. Because it's very hard to establish a church with broke people. I'm going to talk a little deep. this I'm I'm going to try to inspire you, but I'm trying to instruct you. Can you stick with me? Are you with me? We're thinking in the room, right? You're thinking, right? Nod your head. Say, Pastor Andy, you didn't lose us. I got it. I understand. Yes, sure. The, The part of the reason why Jesus is trying to right the wrong of poverty is because Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil, which is poverty, and to build his church. Because poverty does not exist because of the world. Poverty exists because of greed. Poverty exists because one group wants to take advantage of another group. And then one group ends up with less, even though they actually have a resource that produces it. But then that resource is stolen from them. Wealth happens because a group is forced into labor and they're they're made to work for something but they're not paid adequately for the work that they actually do. As a matter of fact, they're working really hard and somebody else is benefiting from the work that was actually done. And then a nation gets to be really big and rich and strong because they didn't have to pay for the, the worker that did the work. Wish I had a witness in the building. I wish somebody said, no, oh, we got you, Pastor Andy. I understand that the Lord is saying, yeah, yeah, that's not when you if you wonder, well, if there's a God, why are there poor people starving in this place? There are poor people starving in that place because of people, not because of God. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Because if you really look at their place, their place actually has a resource that will supply what they need so that they won't have a distended belly and eyes bulging out and flies on their eyes. But that has happened because the wickedness of man has come in to take advantage of them. I need a witness in the building. People use this to kind of disqualify the existence of God, but... The challenges that are happening aren't because of God, they're because of man. And it's why in the beginning of his earthly ministry, Jesus is saying, Yeah, 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 we gotta we gotta do we gotta do something about this poor situation. We gotta do something about this broken hearted situation. Because it's hard to establish a church with broken hearted people. Because I want to have people that can be used and it's hard to be used when your heart's broken. It's hard to be used when you're messed up on the inside. Hard to be used when you're insecure because you weren't done right. You're not going to be a very good minister if you got a hang-up about men or a hang-up about women or a hang-up about white people or a hang-up about black people or a hang-up about Hispanic people or a hang-up about whatever because of what was done to you. You are going to have to get healed by whatever the devil did to you in your childhood. I speak that over the room right now in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to get some healing. The Lord is saying, yeah, I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to set liberty to the captives and the oppressed. That the Lord is saying, my intent is to get us back to God's intent. And God's intent is not for people to be bound. It's not for people to be oppressed. It's not for people to have power absolute over another people. It's not the original intent. That's this. That's this. That, that as a result of its use, we've accepted it, but the Lord is saying, no, no, I'm here to, to, to set free oppressed folk, captives. Folk who find themselves powerless to be free. Folk who as a result of the system, folk who as a result of the color of their skin, folk who as a result of whether they're a male or female, folk who as a result of something outside of their control are actually under the boot of an oppressor. The Lord is saying, I don't really like oppression like that. When I made man, I didn't make man to be oppressed by another person. I didn't create people to be oppressed by another group of people. It's one of the reasons why folk are in other parts of the world because their unity makes them powerful. Praise God for racial reconciliation. I got no problem with it. It's wonderful. It's definitely something that we need to try to practice here in America where we're all here together. I'm just a little bit afraid of racial reconciliation that keeps a certain group in power over everybody else. I wish I had a witness in the building. I know, I really do wish I had a, wit- a witness. I wish I had a witness because there's a difference between racism and bigotry. I need to preach, I'm not trying to be. But, but racism is oh, we'll be your friend as long as the power structure stays the same. Because you, you have to understand that a part of the reason why the Lord put people in different parts of the world and gave them unity amongst themselves is because if they are united together, they're stronger. Now, they have strengthened their unity because if uh, if a house divided against this, uh, uh, Jesus said, a house, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. House divided against itself cannot stand. And so, I'm just nervous and we have to be careful that this hasn't been used to divide people against themselves so they can be easier to conquer so that we can then take, take advantage of their disunity to take their resources from them. Okay, let me just move on. I, I, I think you understand what I'm saying. I, what I'm saying to you is that that is not God's intent. God's intent is not for Christianity to make everybody one cultural expression of only one way to be. That's just not God.
0: If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible.
1: Liberty to the captives and the oppressed. Number four, Jesus says, sight to the blind, which is what I find myself trying to do. And I, sometimes it makes me get in trouble and I leave preaching and get to meddling, but it's okay because a part of my job is to get us to see stuff that we can't see. To have a realization that we may not have, to get an understanding that we may not get, that that the sight can be recovered. Then he gets to the last one in which he says to declare the acceptable year of the Lord, to declare favor. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to declare jubilee, jubilee. The year of the Lord. If you know anything about the Israeli people, every 50 years, there was this thing called the year of Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, debts got canceled. I'm trying so hard, Lord. I'm trying so hard. But I know because it's something that we can't even fathom. What I'm saying to you is imagine where you would be if in a certain amount of years all your debts got canceled. Because the bank has already been paid more than once and more than twice and more than three times what you paid for your house. You paid two forty dollars for your house, but by the time you end up paying it back, you ended up paying back $750,000. And so the Lord understands this is not a good process. And so every 50 years, I'm going to set everybody free. And every 50 years, I'm going to cancel everybody's debt. And every 50 years, anybody who was in a tough situation and had to borrow against their own interest, or had to hire themselves out or found themselves in slavery, guess what? Your land will be restored because it is not the intent of God for only one group of people to own all the land and everybody else be a renter. Oh, Jesus. It is not God's plan. For you to be under the boot of somebody that can tell you what something costs to you. Am I in the Bible or am I in the Bible? Part of the reason why there was a year of Jubilee is because the Lord knows how men are. The Lord knows how people are. The Lord knows that we will take this and turn it into this. And so he say every 50 years we are going to put this aside and we are going to get back to what did I plan when I made man? And it's not that you a servant forever. Come on, come on, come on. It's not that you're a slave forever. It's not that you're under somebody's boot forever. It's not that you can pay 25 years on something and lose it in the last five years when you barely owe anything. That's not it. It's not that you paid 300 and somebody can buy your tax lien and come in and get your property for 3000 even when you paid 300. 000. This is not... A godly system I said it's not godly it's just not and all of us who are in it who are a part of it which is most of us oh I need a witness in the building most of us most of us got a mortgage most of us got a job most of us need our check no, no, don't make me call you out in the room. Don't make me call you out around the world. You, you don't have to go pick it up no more. It's direct deposited, but you checking to look. <laughs> Most of us are timing stuff as to when the check comes in. Okay, well, what day is it? Is it Tuesday? Okay, Wednesday the 15th? All right, I'm going to write this today. I'm going to send it tomorrow because we need the influx. In other words, it's not the original intent, Yema. It's not the original intent of God for you to be somebody that's outside of favor. What what Jesus is saying is the original plan for humans was favor, favor. Jesus comes preaching favor. I think it's just natural for churches to preach favor. If you don't like me because I'm preaching favor, then you probably should just turn and go look at somebody else. But I'm sorry. I want what is mine. I want whatever God originally had for me. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Whatever God has for me, I want it. I said, I want it. I said, I want it. I was in a drive through the other day. They said, would you like fries with that? I said, does it come with fries? They said, yes, it does. I said, then bring them fries on in here. Whatever it comes with, I want it. Would you like a drink? I said, does it come with a drink? Yes, it comes with a drink. I said, to bring that sweet tea on over here because I want a drink if it comes with it. My dad used to tell a story of a man was on a trip. I may have told the story before, but it's, it's just, I'm, I'll tell it real quick. About a man that was on a trip. It was a voyage on a boat. Because back in the day, to get somewhere far, you had to get on a boat to get there. The man paid the ticket to get on the boat. on the boat. He scraped up every dollar he had to buy the ticket, and he got on the boat to take this voyage, let's say from America to Europe, or from Europe to America. It was a long voyage. It was going to take a couple of weeks to get there. He he spent everything he had just to get the ticket. He only had a couple of dollars left over and he went and bought some apples and some cheese because he had spent everything on the ticket and he didn't have anything to buy food on the trip. So he bought a big old bag of apples and got some Hunks of cheese and he was eating apples and cheese. He would be hanging with other people and other people would be getting ready to go to the dining room on the boat. And he would always excuse himself and go back to his room and eat apples and cheese the people that he met were saying, "Come on man, come to the dining car." And he just said, "Oh, no, I've got something else to do. I'm good. Y'all go ahead. I'll meet up with you later." And then he would go back to his room and eat apples and cheese. It happened for about 10 days. The trip was like a 20-day trip. Somewhere around the 10th, 11th day, one of his friends that he had met on the boat took him aside and said, "Man, what is it? Do you not like our company? Do you not want to be around us every time we're leaving to go get something to eat? You always take off and go somewhere else." And he he said, hey, man, I listen, I, look, I'm sorry. I, it's not that I don't like y'all. It's not that I don't want to be a part of y'all. It's not that I don't want to hang with y'all. It's just it took me everything I could just to buy the ticket to get on the boat. And I don't have enough money to buy anything. And I don't want nobody paying for me. And, man, I've been going to my room every day and eating apples and cheese. And the man said to him, man. Didn't you know that your meals were included in the price of your ticket? I got a witness for somebody in here. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. You didn't even pay the ticket. Don't you dare go back to your house and eat apples and cheese when you can have, I want everything that comes with me. I want it all tell somebody I want it all I want it all what does it come with I want it all I want what God wanted for me I want the original intent what came Jesus paid for my ticket great what comes with this what what comes with this what I, I refuse to eat another apple I speak of. I refuse to eat another block of government cheese. I refuse. I'm not eating another grilled cheese, government cheese. I'm not doing it. What comes with my ticket What did Jesus die for? What did Jesus shed his blood for? What did Jesus come talking? He said, listen, I'm here to talk to y'all because your application of truth has gotten skewed. That's why he got mad. It's why he he got upset and beat my house. is called the house of prayer. What do you think all this passion is about? This passion is about the original intent of God. So what's God's original intent? The original intent of God for man is favor. I just want everybody to touch yourself and say favor. Just say say, say favor. Come on, say favor. Come on, just one more time. Say favor. Favor. We all know what favor is. Favor is the hookup. Favor is somebody just likes you. Favor is somebody just does it even though you don't deserve it. The first time I ever flew first class, I flew first class because of favor. The first time was because of favor. I had never flown first class before. I always flew coach. Always. But my wife, we were going on a trip, and we were flying through Miami to wherever, and I, probably what happened was they got a bigger plane than they thought. And the first class was a huge first class, and the person at the podium was a black person. And they probably figured, I'm putting everybody i can in first class i never seen that many black people in first class in my life and we all sat right there and ate and drank you know what that's me i'm standing at this podium i want to put everybody in first class i'm so done with you flying coach i don't know what to do I don't care what your ticket says. I want you in a roomy seat. I want you with a drink in your hand. Help me. You know, after that, after flying first class, I couldn't go back to co- I couldn't go back to coach because the first class gave me an expectation of better. I said this is how I ought to fly every time. I deserve better. I said you deserve better. You deserve better. You deserve better. You deserve better. Now all I fly is first class. Folk walk by me and I just say, hate on, hater. Go on and hate on, hater. What's the original intent of God? What was God's original intent for man? Uh, what was it? All right. I got it's in Genesis chapter 1. Let me give them to you really quick, because I'm running out of time. I run out of time every week, but it's okay. Let me give them to you really quickly. It's in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 26, and verse 27. For first of all, in Genesis chapter 1 it says, in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was out void and, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the first five days, the, the Lord creates a world. And so the original number one intent of God for us, I'll put it on the screens, is a world with light and life. God didn't create man. Until he got all the mess cleared up. He creates the heavens and the earth. Now darkness is over the, over the face of the deep. Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. And the Lord comes in to make the darkness light. To make the day to make the night night to make the land land to make the ocean here to make the heavens here to make the animals and the creation what God's original intent for us is not to be in a dark place it's not to be in a horrible place it's not to be in a dead place it's to be in a place full of light and life God called it good God's original intent for us was a world that is good If you're in a world right now that's not good, then you got to fight for your favor. You have a right to demand. Oh, no, no, no. God's original intent for man was a good place, was a good experience. I'm only going to be on the planet one time. And so if I'm not in a situation full of life and light, I'm not in what God wants me to be in. I ought to live here and want to live here. I ought to work here and want to work here. I ought to see this chick and want to see this chick. I ought to see this dude and want to see this dude. I ought to see these teenagers and want to see them. I ought to see my cousins and want to see them. I should want to go to the cookout. If I don't want to go, something wrong. If when I go, all it is is criticism and darkness and complaint and anger and folk don't like me and they're mad and they're jealous. Well, I have a right to say, listen, I'm not going to come to the cookout all the time because the world y'all have is dark and dead. I rebuke all darkness and all death. I want light. I want life. I want life all around. That was the original intent. Number one was a world with light and life. Then number two, God says in verse 26, let us make man in our own image. And in the image of God who created the male and female, he created them. So number two, the original intent of God was humans that remind God of himself. With everything else, God was just speaking it, let there be light, let there be animals, let there be creatures, let there be fish, let there be sky, let there be moons, let there be stars, let there be sun, but when it came to us he stopped and said now hold on a minute, now we are about to do something special and what we're going to do is we're going to make man in our own image, in our own likeness. You can be okay with coming from a monkey if you want to, but for me, I want to believe, and I do, that I was designed in the image. Of the Lord, He made me to be like Him. My words have power, my spirit has power. I'm spirit, soul, and body. There's three parts of me. I'm a trinity in myself. I have life in me, I have breath in me. I've got a spirit man. I can bind on earth and it's bound in heaven. I can loose on earth and unloose in heaven. I can do impossible things if I believe that He's on my side. Humans that remind God of himself. You know why? Because it is easier to give favor to faces that look like yours. I need a witness in the building. Favor is not an easy thing to give. And it's even easier to give it to people that remind you of you. For all of us who have children, it is much easier to give favor to your own seed than it is to somebody else's seed. You do stuff with your seed that you would never do for somebody else's seed. Things you would never think you would do, you will catch throw up from your own baby because they're yours. Because your... If they look like you, then the favor is easier. And so God makes us in his image because when he sees us, he wants to see himself. And the plan of the enemy is to make you unrecognizable to God so that you won't even believe that God will give you favor because you don't look like him no more and you are wondering if he's even your father. A part of the reason why your babies look like you is because the Lord knows that babies need favor. I said babies need favor. Toddlers need favor. You don't have none. If you don't, if you, maybe you don't remember, but toddlers need favor because all they are is trouble. You feed them food and they give you a bag of crap. They, they need favor. Number three. Y'all with me? i got seven minutes. Six minutes, Stucky fresh. I'm almost done. Number three. It says... In verse 27, 28, it says, God blessed them and said to them. So the third original intention of God is communication with God. God makes man. He makes Adam and Eve. He makes humans. He doesn't right away make a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or a priest. To now be a mediator between him and his people that's why no matter how much you come here and I will pray for you and that's great but you better pray for yourself you better talk to the Lord for yourself can I get a witness in the building there's no way I should have more passion for your family than you I I can come anoint them, but you know what? You can anoint your child. You can anoint your stuff. You ought to be anointing your own stuff. You ought to be anointing your own baby. Anoint your own child. Don't just wait for a Sunday to anoint them. Anoint them during the week. Go right down to the grocery store, get a little bottle of olive oil, bring it right here. Let us pray for it. We'll pray for your oil. We'll believe. And then anoint your own house. Anoint your own baby. Anoint your own car. Anoint your own stuff. Anoint your own desk. Because the original ten of God is not for you to need me and Pastor Al, Pastor Tony, Pastor Tyrus. We're here. We're, but our job ultimately for you is to lead you to the Lord and say, here, this is the Lord. Now, y'all, y'all go on and do this. Praise God for all these elders. But our job is to get you back to the original ten of God. And the original ten of God is not that you don't talk to him. The ability to talk to God and the ability to hear from God is something you ought to fight for. I said it's something you ought to fight for. I said it's something you ought to fight for. You ought to fight. You ought to be like, no, no, no. I want to hear what God is saying to me. I need to make sure I'm in the right place. Don't have good reception with your phone and not have good reception with the Lord. I'm just all over the place, but it's good anyhow. You know exactly the place in your house where you can and can't talk. You'll be on the phone with somebody and say, well, hold on, hold on. I'm about to drive through a difficult section. Just wait a minute. You will drive through a place where you have no reception and don't know that you can't hear God. How dare you hear through your phone and you can't hear the Lord clearly. You have a right to have communication with him. That's the third original intent of God. The fourth one is fruitfulness, multiplication, dominion, work, purpose. He says be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. He creates Adam, puts him in the garden for work and purpose. The original intent of God is for you to have a world where you have some say. The original intent of God is for you to produce something. The original intent of God is for you to be fruitful and multiply. Multiplication is the intention of God. Multiplication is different than addition. Because addition is just simple, 5 plus 5 equals 10, but 5 times 5 is a whole other story altogether. And so God is not just about your addition, he's about your multiplication. He is about you putting something in the earth as 5 and it coming back to you at 50. I'm going to speak that over everybody. You have a right for it to work. You have a right to be fruitful. It's an intent of God for you to be fruitful, not for you to be barren, for you to be fruitful for the stuff you put your hand to do to work. You are not a loser. The devil is a liar. You are a winner. You are not a loser. I don't care if everybody in your family is a loser. Break that curse right now. You are not a loser. You are not going under. You are going over. That's a lie from the enemy. As a matter of fact, the devil is such a liar. If he's telling you you're a loser, you probably really are a winner. More than likely, you're about to win. But understand that he says to them, I want you all to be fruitful. I want you all to multiply. I want you all to fill the earth. I want you to subdue it. I want you to have dominion. I want you to rule. I want you to have a say. I want you to feel like you've got some power. I want you to feel like you have some control. I want you to feel like there's something that you can direct. I want you to be so fruitful that the thing that you're fruitful over, now you have responsibility for it. And that responsibility gives you authority. And now you have some say because you have say because you created something. Because it's hard for you to have say over something that you didn't create. Bro, them are your kids. If them are your kids, you ought to have some say. Part of the way you have say is you have, a, you have responsibility. Responsibility gives you say, gives you authority. It's not fair for you to have authority. It's not fair for you to have authority and you don't have any responsibility. And it's not fair for you to have responsibility and not have any authority. The world would say, Y'all with me? I'm almost done because I'm out of time. Uh, I'll pick it up next week. Then, number five, he says, I give, verse 29, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. So number five, the original intent of God was food. The original intent of God was provision. The original intent of God was not hunger. The original intent of God was not hunger. The original intent of God was not starvation. The original intent of God is more than enough, not just barely enough. So you have every right to fight for the favor of God, which is when God starts the earth, he doesn't start everybody broke. He doesn't start everybody starving. He creates the world and says, see all of these trees, all of these trees are here for your food. Number six, he says... Now we end the chapter 2. He says to them, see this tree over here? This is the tree of the knowledge of good and the evil. That's the tree that you can't eat from. You can eat from every other tree in here, but you can't eat from that tree. What that is, is choice. Choice. Free will. The original intent of God is choice. The original intent of God is that you have free will. The original intent of God is you have to make some choices. Original intent of God is that you will have to test and approve what his will is. The original intent of God is that it's absolutely it's absolutely possible for you to make a mistake. You're not a robot. And so one of the ways that I know that I'm in the original intent of God is if I actually have some choices to make. People love to come to the clergy and want us to take their choices away from them. But the truth of the matter is that you have to know your own self well. You have to know yourself. You have a choice to make. It's real easy to just say that something is wrong. That's easy. What's harder is to decide if it's wrong for you, because just because it's permissible does not mean it's beneficial. I don't want to get too deep, but what happens is we get all caught up in whether or not it's permissible. And Paul is saying, yeah, but permissibility don't got nothing to do with it. The question is, is it beneficial to you? We can find all kinds of things that may be per- that may be p- permissible, but are they beneficial? Now, a lot of us grew up, some of us grew up in a church where they just preached against everything. We don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't chew, and we don't mess with those who do. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Al, we was raised whole. It's a highway to heaven, and you got to walk Holy. Holy, elder, holy, not holy, holy. You got to be holy. And so well, what the holiness group did was they just made everything wrong. And you had to avoid the appearance of evil. I couldn't even go in a liquor store. I, I, to go in a liquor store was the devil. I need a witness in the building. you you going to mess your witness up. You don't want nobody seeing you coming out of the liquor store. I know I told you all that story where I was making a cake with rum, and I went to buy some rum, and I was trying to figure out who can I send to the liquor store. Who will I send, and who will go for me? I didn't know who I was going to send. Couldn't sit past Al. He's too holy. He's way too holy. So I'm like, who am I going to send? I just went myself. Went right down. We're in North Carolina. ABC Liquor Store. It's. I walked right in. As I was going in, somebody did, somebody saw me. S- somebody saw me going in as they were coming out. How are you gonna come out of the liquor store with a bottle in your? <laughs> and they did a triple take. And immediately pulled out their phone. Girl, I done seen Pastor Andy going into the liquor store. <laughs> and, but it would seem to me that if you saw me going in and you were coming out, can you mind your business, play? Can we keep it on the down low? I mean, what I'm saying to you is, is I felt, I, I said it. I, I've said this several times because I had to address it. Like I'm making a cake. Well, where I was raised, alcohol was just wrong. Don't shout me down for preaching too good, because I know some of you are like, right now, it's like, yeah, that's the devil. Right, exactly. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the question was, is it permissible or beneficial? That's a choice you have to make. And then finally, number seven, and I'm done. God says, it's not good for man to be alone. Alone's not good. I got to make some suitable people that can help you. You are supposed to have suitable help. Oh, I speak it over the room. Suitable help. You are not supposed to be close to your enemies. Suitable help. God's original intent is for you to have people who love you who you love. The original intent of God is for you to have folk on your side that care about you and got your back. You can turn to them. The original intent of God is for you to have somebody that will keep your secrets and not tell everybody your business. The original intent of God is for you to have somebody that will show up and, and, and be there for you. The original intent of God is for you to have folk that you know care about you. The original intent of God is for you to have people that cheer for you when you win, not haters, not people that are jealous. Not people that are mad. The original intent of God is for you to have love in your life. That's favor. And what we're fighting for is we're fighting to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of us. And I rebuke the devil that would try to hinder us from walking in the favor of the Lord. Jump on your feet. Come on, I'm over time. Anybody here a word from the Lord? this morning, come on, let's pray Lord your favor on this, your favor on that favor in front, favor in back, favor all around us thank you for living so big in us today, thank you for speaking to us and through us, thank you for every word that was spoken and every word that was heard thank you for every song that was sung, every shout that was given God we surrender ourselves to your power. We believe in your power. We believe in your anointing. We believe that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think according to this power that's at work within us. Thank you for this time that we had together. Thank you that you spoke to us. Thank you that we heard you. Thank you for your favor on us. Now God dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood. So many things are happening. All of the announcements that are in the bulletin, all the stuff that's happening with us as a church. For everyone that's watching us live around the world, God, bring them back again. And as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Be our strength, O God. Father, light the way. Be our present help. You're our God. Continue to minister to deliverance to this house. Use us for your glory. We magnify your name. The name of Jesus. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. We all sit together. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church today. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church today. God bless you.
0: Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on W O C C and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.